and welcome to the Baltic Firefighter Podcast. I'm here with uh, two fire friends. I've got Ash. Oh, hey there. And I've got Scott. Hi. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the new arrival and the first maiden voyage of the new engine here. Uh, so it's a 2023 Spartan Custom Cab. Um, your new pumper. Which one of you guys wants to take that? Not me. No, I can talk about the, the ladder on the back. The bottles on the cylinder storage. Ask a dick the technical side. Well, there's a lot of things you guys did to this truck being a custom build. That's for, for damn sure. And uh, we're going to get a little sneak peek video out uh, soon as well about it. Ash, take it away. Yeah, so uh, like we're saying, 2023 uh, Spartan uh, custom chassis uh, manufactured by Hub out of Abbotsford, British Columbia. Um, it's actually going to be one of the last Hub-labeled uh, engines coming out of there. Uh, there's been an amalgamation between a couple businesses, and um, yeah, whereas ours is one of the last ones that's going to be nameplated by Hub, I hear. Um, they might amalgamate away from that and all of the manufacturing will still be done there uh but yeah this is the last true like hub only chassis um so that's really really cool uh and there's a lot of really cool custom things about it so um we've always been in our design we kind of go one off and there's a couple things that have made it mainstream through hub that we came up with yeah and on that actually that's I think that's pretty cool that they're making the changeover. So it's kind of the last, last truck for you guys. Not the last truck, but the last hub truck for you guys because all your other engines have all been purchased through hub and the rest of you through hub as well. And they've always been custom builds and they're always been fantastic to work with with all the little designs. And I feel like the fire department needs some little kickback from hub for some, a lot of the things you're going to talk about, which they've kind of run with now. Yeah, so a couple of those items are actually um, like on our um, older engines. Some of the pull-out trays were designed by us uh, for like footsteps there. Um, but on the new engine, um, the cab itself is is pretty straight straightforward. I mean, obviously, some of the stuff on the inside is is pretty sweet, and we can go through that once we do the video. But um, we have a, a mid-mount pumper which is really important to us here, uh, getting that elevated sort of bird's eye view uh, for the pump operator. Uh, guys saw a lot of value in there, and, uh, you know, I definitely have to agree with that. Um, but like Scott was saying, some of the cool features with, like, that, that ladder in the back, which I'll let you grab grab that in a sec. And um, we've got some pretty cool bottle storage. Uh, we got a really cool rear suction, which was a bit of a point of contention when we were building it. Uh, the guys are like, ah, this is crazy. Like, why would you ever want that? And, you know, we explained because of our area where we respond to super narrow um, alleyways and entryways to people's residence, um, being able to put our portable bladder behind the engine, uh, having that rear mount suction is great. So, um, yeah, overall, it's just a single axle. Um, I don't know the overall length of it. Again, we can get all, all the spec and we can share that, but um, it's a really, really cool truck. Yeah, I think the other uh, neat thing is, is that rear um, <clears throat> that rear suction because, like, traditionally, like, even us, like, we practice, we drop our, our um, drop tanks on the side of the truck as best you can, but sometimes you have to put it be- behind and then you're putting, you know, extra lengths on it and it's a pain in the ass. And the reason, two things, I think, is in the rural areas of our communities, we have these long orchard driveways, and they're tight. There's usually machinery and other shit around, and the old-growth fruit trees and the vineyards now, they're taking up as much real estate as they can, so it's a lot skinnier driveways. So like you were saying, Ash, with that that rear suction is is, is huge for space. And then also that, that mid-mount um, elevated pump deck um, in that application works really well. I mean, I know a lot of people, there's lots of arguments, well, it's got to be side panel all the way. Sure, for your area, but you're making it for for our town here. So it's, um, yeah, it matches the rest of the fleet. What are the arguments for side panel? I've never actually heard a good one. I don't think there is a good one. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, the typical city trucks, it's shorter, right? A little bit shorter. Um, but again, like, 
having that elevated platform here, you got a pretty good space. You can kind of walk through each each side. You're not just sucked right into the side of the truck. You can kind of see what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've never really heard a, a true good one. I know our next engine, it's going to be just a side panel. But again, we wanted that shorter truck. We're already talking about it for when we strike up a committee is because of our, our new builds. We've got really small turnarounds. That's pain in the ass. Yeah, I think as far as I can tell, that is the main and the only reason is going to be for wheelbase. So um, <clears throat> size, um, tank size is also another one. As soon as you do, do that, you're losing you know, certain tank capacity. I mean, we're still hovering around a thousand gallon, uh, which is average. Um, and then as soon as you go to an aerial apparatus, you lose, uh, the ability, obviously. Um, and that's like where we're going next. We'll be look, uh, looking at a quint. And once you start looking at that, obviously we're going to be going side panel. So in the next little while, this will be our last mid mount, but, uh, yeah, other than wheelbase, um, I don't know any upside. They're like, Guys will argue because that's all that they've ever known is, um, you know, a good pump operator doesn't need to see anything. A good pump pump operator, this and that. And I'm like, no, they they don't need to. But what if they can? <laughs> like it definitely doesn't hurt. It kind of, especially when you're there early. I don't want to say that that pump operator is your safety officer, but they do have that removed, um, you know, detached view of the fire where they are stationary and they are seeing things that while everything's so dynamic they have a different view than even the officer which might be going inside or the ic which is still looking big picture but their their minds on a thousand things so having that person with that bird's eye view is awesome there's been numerous times where you know i've been doing the officer thing and then the pop operator shows someone from the deck like hey look at this watch for that like oh yeah like can't not like I can't imagine not having that mid mount because you know the guy's basically blind on one side when he's in on that on that side pump. Yeah, we ran into the same uh, scenario actually when we were just on out on that uh, deployment <clears throat> this summer. We had our old engine out, but it's still the same. It's the uh, the mid mount pump panel, and I was over on like kind of the uh, the uh, delta side of the building uh, for the one structure fire that we we're fighting, and uh, my pump operator yelled. He's like, "Hey, it's already." It's coming out the window on the on the brawl charlie side now so then we knew the fire had already progressed through and it was going to be a loss for the truck structure protection we were doing with forestry at that time so having that that set of eyes up high where he was that's exactly what you just mentioned it makes that difference yeah so i mean we can go into like the specs when we share our video but um uh, we'll probably throw over to Scott some of the cool things. Chat about uh, moving that that uh, bottle location, getting our uh, monitor. This is our first engine-mounted monitor, uh, and then the ladder, which is really cool. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't, we don't have to talk much about a deck gun. Deck gun's a deck gun. Lots of people have them, um, but yeah, it is our first deck gun, so there's some training involved in that. Um, but yeah, I think in the, the the whole tail end of the rear end of the truck is basically kind of the custom side of the thing. I mean, everything's custom, but um, it's really tailored towards firefight. Um, that's one thing we wanted with our um, with our build crew. A lot of times when we build these uh, truck committees, in the past, it's always been truck driver. Um, it's, it's very important to have truck guys that you know they want to design a good truck. It's like, and then we had talked, well, good trucks probably going to come no matter what. <laughs> it is nice having guys that know about trucks and engines and pump capacities and all that stuff but you also have to have firefighters on there who are because trucks only goes trucks only being a truck for about 10 minutes <laughs> and then it parks <laughs> and then it becomes a firefighting apparatus so um all that stuff is is very important so what we did um basically with the tail end of the truck um there's a few uh, unique things um one thing is we we changed the cylinder location so normally um on most of the trucks there are current engines and most of the engines that i've seen the cylinders are on the sides of the truck. And inevitably, when we're changing on our cylinders, especially if we're doing it by ourselves, most guys are going around the back side of the truck and changing on the tailboard. So I'm like, well, so we in our meeting, we're like, why, why are we changing on the side? Or why not put the cylinders at the back of the truck? So um, we have 12, um, 12 cylinder mount in the back, in the, in the back um, cabinet. And then we also made a pullout 
on the tailboard. So the tailboard uh, extends out about another foot and a half, I think. Um, to make kind of like a little workbench so you can uh, change your cylinders off the tailboard of the truck easily without any, um, like, dropping off the edge. You can, you know, your mask isn't falling. Like, you're, you're basically having to work. And then uh, the other thing we, we have, um, kind of the, one of the cooler things is the is the ladder. Um, so we've been talking about, you know, all the ladders we have on, 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 our, on our trucks. You know, you have the typical roof ladders. You have an extension ladder. Um, this truck has a 24-foot. We went down a little bit because we should carry a 36. We realized we rarely ever use a 36. So we have a 24 and then two roof ladders on the mount. And then, of course, we have the attic ladder. But none of those ladders are short. So we wanted a VIS uh, ladder or a basically a low-level entry ladder, like a ground floor entry ladder. And we're trying to figure out a good way to do it without needing a whole other mount and a whole other... You know, in the way, and you know, another cabinet for it. So I think it was actually cheap. It said, can we, can we somehow hang it off the back? So originally we thought, okay, well, we cut a roof ladder down and just kind of mounted it, and it was going to look funny. So the guys at Hub, what they actually did um, when we told them about this, I think it was like, they're like, you want to do what? Why would, you, why would you do that? Why would you want a ladder that detaches from the truck? I'm like, well, we want it with the streets. Like, oh, that's interesting. So what they actually managed to do, they got a, is that, what's that ladder company? Uh, it's a Zico, Zico ladder. So a Zico ladder, um, which is actually on our rescue truck, but it's 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 permanent mount on a rescue truck, and that's how we get to our top um, coffins, as we call them. But this is a Zico ladder, and they put two pins in. So basically, um, and there's like a, it kind of sits on this shelf, this metal shelf, or like it kind of locks in this metal shelf. So we can just pull two pins and pull the ladder off the back of the truck, and now we have this. This ladder that can um, access ground floor windows um, with easy VIS off of like um, small roofs and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, the perfect height, probably about five to six feet tall, tall at the very most. So it works great. Um, there's no hooks on it, but you don't really need hooks. It's got pretty good uh, uh, foot. Uh, the foot will dig in the ground pretty good. And we do, we are thinking of an option of how to put that, put those hooks on. Um, and then when it's when we're not using it, it just it's on the back of the truck mounted, and you can access the hose bed with it. So it's a dual purpose ladder. Yeah, I really like the uh, <clears throat> the dual purpose on that ladder, especially the. Um, I mean, traditionally to access the rear hose bed of the truck, you got all these these flip down steps that are staggered, right? And they work, but they're also shit. Um, like they're 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 a little bit of a fall hazard and everything else, and, and when they get wet, they get slippery. Um, so climbing a traditional ladder is just a lot, lot safer. Um, you said you have that same Zico ladder on the rescue truck. Uh, we have that same ladder on our brush truck to get up to the top coffin boxes as well. Um, they're a great ladder, but taking that one extra step what you guys did, having that dual purpose now pulling it off, I think it's genius. It's a, one hell of an idea. Yeah, so that's just one of the extra things that we worked with Hub, got that all dialed up. Um, going away from the traditional uh on onboard generator with this truck this is the first one that doesn't have it uh because everything's switched over to led all of our scene lighting's led uh we have a massive inverter uh that's built on on board that can power up anything that's not uh 12 volt um it is a super cool super efficiently built unit we're starting to load stuff in it now and actually made its first call tonight um but we like I, I laugh when I say we'll be challenged to fill all, all the cabinets, and I mean that that's a lie. We will cram shit in there that doesn't need to be there. But like it's so efficient. Like with the tools we got in the back in the back cab, there's a mount for two sets of irons. So I mean that already removes one of our cabinets. Like we have an entire cabinet that was wasted, not wasted, but with SCBA and our irons. And whatever else is up there, what, a couple of paddles and a tarp. Yeah. So most of that stuff is sat now. Like you got your SCBA mount at the back, like Scott was saying. You have the irons mounted inside the cab. So that entire side cabinet is free. There's nothing to put put in there. Um, with uh, oh, actually, another really cool feature. Um, all of our engines to this point have two crosslays. We have Minuteman load, um, drivers and officer side, and they're 
in our history been inch and a half. Uh, where this one, we actually have four cross lays, uh, and we got two inch and a half and two, uh, two and a half inch. Um, and we're running, uh, one smooth bore per side and one combi nozzle per, per side. So you still have option, like kind of best of all of the worlds there. So, uh, a couple new, new things for us. I mean, we're not the first one in the world to do it, but it's new for our setup, which is really cool. Um, and like Scott says, with the new engine, we have a lot of training to do with it being the, you know, the old custom cab. They definitely drive differently. Um, with that monitor on there, we got, you know, water supply challenges now that we're flowing some more water uh and then then just overall being familiar with it but um yeah we're super happy to have it and rob got out there with it oh one more thing on the back end of the truck we've also put uh we saw one of the trucks come by us as when we're doing uh we're checking um like on new trucks um one of the trucks from cal fire was brought through and it had um it had these weird looking shepherd hook things on it and we're like what are these for it was a Pierce guy's like, I don't know, something to do with your hanging your hose off of or something. We're like, oh, for racking hose? <laughs> so, um, of course, we bought some mounted our trucks, um, which we haven't got a chance to yet, but this truck came with the um, with the shepherd, shepherd hooks mounted on it. So, um, uh, driver and passenger side on the very rear of the truck, there's these hooks that we can, so you can quickly rack the hose around the truck um, rather than us trying to use uh, like seatbelt straps on that stuff. We could just easily just hook on there. Yeah, I think that those shepherd hooks are pretty sweet. <clears throat> and having uh, both locations on each side of the truck, three guys for when we talk about re-racking for deployment for running forestry hose in our area, it's going to work really well. But I think it's a, yeah, it looks like a really well thought out truck. Um, yeah, I mean, the other one, you guys also have that flip down step um, below the pump out as well to help access, access up to the top when you're re-racking or whatever you need to do. Yeah, that's another pretty cool thing. It's it's not um it's not new to us. It's something that Hub's been offering. I don't know if anybody else does, but up on the pump panel, um you can kind of get yourself halfway up. It'd be great for actioning that monitor, uh, but also just getting that better view. Uh with the taller cab and the taller box, like everything on this thing is it's just a little bit bigger. It's no wider than our current engines. Um but it is a little bit taller for sure. So getting that better uh, viewpoint there and then access to the uh, deck gun is going to be great. So, yeah, definitely a, a, another cool addition. That's good for a little bit. Access a pump deck pretty easily. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> for yeah. a vertical challenge, people. There you go. Being, uh, <laughs> being a taller truck, I mean, our apparatus guy is of shorter stature and immediately he's like this thing is so much taller so much taller like how am i gonna get up there and i'm looking i'm like as a taller fella man it's not that much different like overall height yes but like access height like to your first step i'm like man what is that like three-eighths of an inch he's like oh no it's like two or three inches for sure i'm like so me being tall i'm like that's nothing him being short, he thinks it's like a foot difference. So we go and measure; it's less than an inch, but um, like it, it is noticeable for sure. And then when you're already an inch or so, at less than an inch taller for your first step, and then and then and then, like it is a big unit. So yeah, don't uh, don't ask guys to <laughs> measure inches. Of course, it's going to be more inches than you think. <laughs> oh man. Okay, anyways. Uh, I gotta say, the most exciting thing on my end of the truck is the Q-Siren. <laughs> so, and I was hoping to be the first one to run it on the call, but as uh, Ash alluded to, tonight we actually had a uh, an instruction fire come in. Um, so we responded, because uh, our our new truck is not ready yet, as uh, as Ash said, we're, we're still putting some gear on it, so it, it, can, it can respond as basically a third engine. It can pump water, it's got a, it's got a full tank of water, and it's got some um, Hoses on it, but it's not ready to like. It has it has no real hose bed or anything like that. It's got an SCD on it, so it can do some work. But it's really going to be a third truck until we get all the gear. Um, so uh, we respond to the structure fire, and while I'm making entry with the attack team, I can hear off in the distance. Like, I was like, damn it, because I wanted to be the first one on that truck, being the guy running the running the Q-Sard. And, Absolutely, uh, who doesn't? Yeah. 
So I guess Rob got that. Uh, Rob got that luxury, and you never take it away from him. Well, I have to say, I was working tonight, so <clears throat> I got dispatched as the uh, paramedic crew to do the fire standby, and all I saw was smiles coming off that truck, man. When the and that crew got off and walked up to command, it was just big shit-eating grins. Like, yeah, they're pretty proud. And what a mixed bag of a truck, too. Like, there was a lot of people that generally make pretty early trucks. So I don't know if they were busy or we just happened to have, a, like, a mixed crew that was in town. Like, I mean, you guys' first truck, like, you had Grant, who is, like, like third truck at Yeah, best. it was, uh, like, normally, like I said before, we, you know, I usually know my crew. Like, I usually, like, you know, we're volunteers, but there's usually kind of a crew of guys that I, I can usually, oh, yeah, these are the guys that are on my truck. But I was like, oh, these people are usually on this truck at all. Um, there was one guy on my truck that I, I'm used to having on that truck. <laughs> so the rest were, were not. Uh, but so, yeah, I guess each one of them was kind of in town for other reasons and right around dinner time. So people were driving back and forth from work and such. So, um, yeah, uh, but, you know, they, they did great. Um, it was just a small fire. We, we made entry quick and, uh, Knocked down and vented. Yeah, it's over in like five minutes. Everything and knocked down. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was pretty fast. Um, you know, I was, of course, watching the time because <clears throat> we're going to be coming in to the podcast and then heard the tones go for you guys. And off goes the truck. I'm standing there at the station watching the fire truck go by. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then our hotline rang and off we go. So it was pretty good. But when we arrived, yeah, it was. Yeah, we were we were out of there within thirty five minutes. Again, you guys were already hoses were re racked and away you go. That was a pretty quick one. Yeah, I mean being a smaller, you know, fire, luckily it wasn't anything major. Um but it, it got called in by somebody walking by. Uh there was nobody in, in the residence at the time and they said that they could like see smoke and see see like flickering flame inside of the structure. Um, didn't didn't give an address. Just gave a, like a street and a cross street. So I'm driving down there. I'm on duty, so I'm driving down and I'm looking and I can see some people kind of milling about on that end of the street. And I'm like, well, it's got to be over here. So I go and I'm looking at the structure and I'm looking at the up, upstairs window, giving my you know windshield survey size up, and um, I'm about to go mobile. And like I'm now I'm second guessing myself. I'm like, is that like fully like smoke filled second floor. I don't know. Okay, well let's go do a quick three sixty because that's gonna tell us a story. And I get around to the back and sure enough, like you can see pretty heavy smoke. It was starting to push out. Um and I can see flickering. So with the smoke, it was like kind of like drown drowning out the visibility of the fire. But you can definitely see smoke was trying to put push out of some of the windows and blah blah blah. And like when you guys made entrance you said it was like down, down to your knees almost. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, it was like laminar. Like it was very light, or not like it was heavy uh, colored smoke, but it was uh, no, there was no speed to it, like no velocity to it. So uh, yeah, it was definitely burning for a bit. Um, it was funny because our because when you first got on scene, that was you said nothing showing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's all our driver heard, nothing showing. So we're we're pulling out of the uh, <laughs> the hall and. It was so routine, and like because I had heard the next update. Because while he was starting the engine and doing his thing, he didn't hear you say, "Oh, I got smoke and flame visible now on the uh, on the Bravo Charlie." So I was like, and he's like, "We want routine." I'm like, "No, we're going go three. He's like, "Oh, I said we got visible smoke and flames." Like, we do? I was like, "Yeah, I didn't hear that." I'm like, "Oh yeah, well we do." <laughs> so we we went. <laughs> Yeah, so like Todd says, the crew showed up really, really quick. Um, we were either going to go through... I gave two options. Um, it says we can either throw a ladder and go on the second floor in the back, or we can bust down uh, the front door and go in the front. Um, but we knew where the seat of the fire was, and Scott uh, made a plan for the interior attack, and we threw a ladder and made access to the second floor, uh, which is def definitely the call. Um Super quick push, like you guys barely. I think maybe like a twenty liter bucket of water probably extinguished the fire. Yeah, it was uh, pretty small. Um, would have, you know, if that neighbor didn't see it, it would have been big. Um, yeah, I think it was like from the door to the seat of the fire was maybe three feet, <laughs> if that. Um, and then literally just one blast of the hose, so it was out, and then uh, just sent it for. 
yeah, you know, I always laugh. You watch the old Facebooks because they'll tell you what what your fire was better than you. Uh, so I get I get home and there was actually like some some pretty good pop like positive comments. And one of the people, um, it was her husband that phoned nine one one. They were out walking their their dog and they live on that on that road and said from the time that they saw it, they made a call in the nine one one and within two minutes we were on scene. Uh, I mean, luckily it's just right down the street from us, but, um, yeah, like really pos- positive comments on there. Um, I was on scene in less than two minutes. The engine was maybe a minute or two behind me. Like it was quick. Even you guys were on scene super fast John. So we had a lot of people, a lot of apparatus on, on scene quickly. And, uh, I mean, luckily it wasn't anything of like note. But a lot of good skills were used. Um, like you guys made access through the second story, which is great. So we're we're throwing ladders, we're uh, doing all all that that kind of work. Uh, second engine laid into the hydrogen right away. Like we had a plan there. Uh, we were pre- we were def- definitely prepped for like the worst case, and we ended up getting the best case. So yeah, definitely happy with the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, job well done to everybody involved and a real quick knockdown and it's a good thing it was just uh, caught early and um yeah. Bob your uncle, where you go. Um anyways, so any more on that one? I think we're that's kind of it for that. So why don't we move into um training this past week? Um what you guys got up to. That kind of ties into some of the new truck driver training. Yeah, one crew uh so we, yeah, we did, uh, we did two options. We did uh, driver training, and then we also did uh, oriented search. Um, I ended up on oriented search, and um, some of our uh, class one, some semi truck kind of drivers, um, they were they were teaching the uh, driver training. So we went through. Um, they, they actually was lucky. The engine, the new engine, arrived on like Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, our crash was on Thursday, so um, it was a great time because it, it worked out perfectly. So. We managed to teach people on the new engine, teach them on one of our old engines, teach them on the not on the rest of the no on the on a tender. So um, they got kind of the, all the different options of of, um, of a custom cab, and then there was a, a commercial cab, and then there was a commercial cab with a big shit shitload of water in the back. So um, they went through our driver course. Um, our driver course has kind of been designed based on the um, that ten hundred one and um, the new standards from the. Uh, Standards. <laughs> what is it? I think called now. It's called the standards. The, the standards for BC. Um, so we we have that course laid out. Um, it's basically you know basic course and slalom. Um, I think reverse slalom, hard uh, like quasi hard braking, um, accelerate to highway speed, take a sharp like take your corner. Just understanding the, the nature of the dynamics of the truck. Yeah, stopping on a hill with zero rollback. Um, so starting and stopping on a hill, applying air brakes, uh, de de applying, or whatever you call it, um, disengaging <laughs> your air brakes. Deflying. There you go. <laughs> One for the textbook. There. Tired. <laughs> disengaging the air brakes, uh, and then moving forward without any rollback, both in the uh, uh, engine as well as the tender. Obviously, with with the tender, you have all that weight with you, right? So, um, yeah. Do you guys do um, like the diminishing alleyway and, and all that stuff as well? Part of it. Yeah, we still have our over at our training ground. We have uh, it's it's on like it's on dirt, um, but it still works. Um, we have a diminishing alleyway with some with some wires um, set out. Um, I think I actually saw Jay there earlier. I think he was making the alleyway even more diminishing. He was making it a little harder for everybody. Or he was doing something over there. Um, so yeah, uh, it's kind of a standard course we have laid out. Uh, they have to go kind of turn around inside a big box. So it gets you that like two point turn. Um and I think it's still on there that then you actually have to back in with a tender and drop some water. Or at least simulate dropping water. Because obviously that's what the tender is for. It's gonna be helping me back into tight locations, not just everything straight for that. Yeah, they call it the uh I think the actual term is the alley dock or whatever. <clears throat> is the back end left and back end right. All that crap. Um and then yeah, and then the other thing we did was uh, as I said, we did the search. So we did a um, oriented search, so which is slightly different than so we got kind of the it's, it's like a VIS inside the building is, is basically how we, we kind of describe it. And actually, it's funny because 
Grant was teaching. He was our lead on this one, and I was as second because I'm not be here this week, so I let him take lead. And uh, he was referring to all these search options. He's like, "Yeah, you know, we got like standard search, and we got the VIS search." And I'm like, "Grant, it's like literally everyone like on that crew at night. We had because we had split basically senior guys and, and uh, juniors." I said, Every, "No one on here." Well, there was two guys on the whole crew that had done. Um, any type of searching? Oh, sorry, three out of the eight. I think that they did any type of searching. He's like, oh, so these guys are like green, green. I'm like, yeah. So um, we quickly kind of steered away from that and just started explaining like step by step. Um, it was actually really good because what we could do because um, Grant was just going to have them just banging off three man searches all night. And what we ended up doing is actually we kind of slowed it down a little bit. Um, we used our CCAN search filling, so we have what, two. Two twenty footers, yeah, two twenty footers. So one twenty footer, and we have a hallway down the middle. So we've cut, taken a twenty foot secant, ran a hallway down the middle. So essentially, it makes uh, two four foot wide hallways that are twenty feet long. So it kind of goes around in a horseshoe. We've attached a secant to that that has two rooms for searching, and then we attach a secant on the other end that will actually go into what's called our warm room and goes into the uh, burn one of the burn cans that we use. And we weren't burning actual fire; uh, we just had our our new, we're kind of new to us. Our battle fogger, which is that thing's great, it just pumps out the pumps out the smoke. It actually pumped out so much smoke. At one point, I looked over across because we're on oh, the airport at Star Training Ground. I looked across the airport and like hovering over the mall was like this cloud of something. I'm like, what is that? And we're like, well, that's us. <laughs> like that thing pumps out so much smoke. Um, it's actually quite amazing. Um, so we did our so we we did that search. So we had a door control person. Uh, we had we ended up with a bump up person, so it's going to go in and, and when they hit the pinch point, move the hose. We had a um, we had two on the search line, so they're pulling the hose. Um, the scenario, kind of quasi scenario, was the attack team is attacking the fire, so we're not worried about the seat of the fire. We are on search, but we're we're bringing the hose in with us anyways. So rather than dragging the hose in to each room, uh, the old school ways is like you know right hand search. And let's go around. Oh, find another right, and then keep going. And then you know you're dragging the hose in. You're trying to drag it around furniture and over things, and it just gets jammed up. Um, this in this method, we basically go in the hallway. We hold. Um, officer uses a thermal camera, quickly sweeps the room, and he sends one person in to search if the room is small enough. And basically, like I said, it's reverse DIS. So you're um, the nozzle operator holds the holds the safety outside the door. The other person goes in, searches the room real quick. If they come across like an ensuite or a or a, you know, like a um, walking closet, they hook their foot on the door frame, sweep in as far as they can. We did actually mention bathtubs. Um, we talked about one of the calls that you guys did years ago, Todd, about finding uh, a person in a bathtub. That's um, right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So same thing. On so on that one, uh, our guys went in, oriented a search. Um, they they kind of we already had an idea uh, where the person was. Uh, the first uh, patient that came out. Um, told us now he's he's in the bathroom because it was a it was a grease fire, and uh, of course splashback got burnt. So he right away helped him into the uh, bathtub, ran a bunch of water, and then of course the fire started and continued on. Um, if you hear some background noise. It is like storm central outside right now. It's hissing down, hurricane rain. It sounds like ooh baby, here it comes. Yeah. Anyways, so. Yeah, so he was in the tub. Now the fire, of course, grew substantially and started involving everything. Uh, so our guys went and pushed down the stairs, did a hard right into the bathroom. And uh, typical small bathroom, did a quick search. And then he kind of caught himself, our firefighter kind of caught himself at the back of the door. He's like, wait a minute, I didn't really feel the tub. Went back in, reached in, felt his arm get kind of cool because of all the water. And then splashed down and found the, the patient and, and brought him back out. So super important to dive right in there and, and get him out. And he said it was actually very challenging getting him up and out and dragging him out. Yeah, it was something that was definitely mentioned because, you know, um, it's important to search those rooms uh, thoroughly, not just um, in that quick search. I mean, sorry, we, we were still preaching a very quick search because this is still like the primary search, but um, doing a thoroughly quick search. I guess it's yeah. <laughs> oxymoron, but it works. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good practice. So um, we had each person kind of rotate. Oh yeah, and then we had one person on the outside, kind of they're like a writ team, even though there was only one of them. Um, and they're also kind of like the extraction, like 
basically they'd walk around, they'd listen to where the crew was, and when the crew found the patient, because we had a discussion, we're like, okay, so you found the patient, now what? They're like, well, we take him out. Like, well, which way? No, it's like, it's, we're trying to, we're basically trying to instill thinking on their part. And it's not always going to be down, back down the hose line. Um, it might, it probably should be through a window. So we're saying, you know, close the door. Um, when you go in, close the door. So you isolate the room. If you find a patient, keep the door closed. Call for help. Call for another person to come in. The officer can come in. Um, the, the, the nozzle operator can still hold that safety on that door. And then the officer can come in and um, help extract the patient out of the nearest window. Um, and then by closing that door, you've isolated them from um, all the gases and heat, uh, venting. And then you call for the where you are. And uh, we're saying, you know, even if the guys don't know exactly where you are, as soon as you take that window and you start like waving your axe at the window or you, or you stick your head out the window, they're going to see you. Um, one of the things I was preaching was like, yeah, even if the, even if they're not there to get you yet, stick that patient's head out that window and get their, get their, um, you know, get them some fresh air. There's no sense in leaving them in that, that environment. If we can get them, if we can take the window, break and rake it, and can just kind of hang them out of the window a little bit to get them, get some uh, air, um, some that fresh air. Um, so we're talking about that. We're talking about just basically using your, using your brain. Um, because one of the rooms is actually a bathroom. We designed it as a bathroom. So it's got a super small window. Um, and the guys didn't actually see it because it was super small, but it's up high on the, up on the high. But they were having a discussion, like, would, would the patient even fit through there? And the answer probably no. So they made the right call. So they actually ended up dragging him back down the hallway. And then we had a discussion about, could you have drug him into another room and isolated that room and put him in? So it's just all about thinking. Um, the search is just thinking. Well, they're all thinking. But this one isn't, there's no, like, it has to be this, has to be that. There's just good points to it. One thing we did preach was uh, if you're the nozzle person and one person goes in and search, as soon as they come out, that person takes over the nozzle, and the next person goes in. And the nozzle operator now goes in and search. Because um, I don't care who you are, you do two or three searches in a row. If you're if it's mentally taxing, you're probably going to miss something. So you might as well be switching back and forth. Yeah, I think like you mentioned, the the big thing is just instilling that that thought process. Is you know traditionally we always default back to okay straight back out the hose line. That might be your best bet, depending on where you are in the, in the structure. Uh, but as you said, like if you're pushing down a hallway, you're going around some corners, or maybe now you're up on the second floor, and uh, your better option is to, you know, find that isolated room that you've isolated and made a safe zone. You know, push in. Now you've got some 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 time that you bought yourself. And by having that writ team thinking, constantly moving, constantly watching, and hearing where the team is and following them, um, that you can be ready for that stuff. You know, Rick can be throwing those ladders if they know they're going to the second floor. Hey, that looks like a bedroom. Let's, you know, fires in that other corner. Let's throw a ladder and take that, get ready to take that window if we have to. And then advise everybody, hey, secondary means of egress is on the um, uh, Bravo side second store window, right? And everybody's aware. You know, one thing people really get, I notice they really like the Rick thing is like, no, they get into that, like, not my job mindset. Well, I'm right. It's not my job to do that. Not my job to do that. No, your job is to make it safe for everybody. Um, like you're saying, throw ladders. You know, if you throw a ladder and someone sticks a patient's head out the window and you're the RIT team, um, I'm mean, better damn well expect you to go up there and help them get that patient out. Because, you know, for the two minutes it takes to rescue, you're saving a life. Um, I don't, <laughs> I know it's like, oh, don't, don't do any work on the fire ground unless it's, you know, something that you can drop in 10 seconds or whatever the hell they say. It's like, no, just, yeah, no, hundred percent, and that's what it's about, right? Is is being able to to just tactfully think in that moment, and uh, you know, you're there, you're that crew ready to go, and then when those radio comms come out saying, "Hey, we've got a patient, we're making our way to that uh, to the bedroom on the Bravo side, second story," Ritz already got a ladder there, or a team is already there, starting pushing up that ladder to start bringing that person out. Yeah, so it was really good. That's what we we did all night. Um, I I kind of stayed outside. Grant went in, um, but on the outside, I was I was kind of showing the door control person. Um, you know, I, I was kind of grilling them like we usually do. I even had the chief come by at one point. I'm like, hey, ask ask whoever's on door control. Um, they, the 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 questions like who's in there, or how many people are in there? Do you know who they are, and how far in are they, and are they are they working? And uh, once I explained how to do that, like. I mean, obviously, it's easy. You know, first part is easy. You see who's going in, so you can count. Um, second thing is you can you should know everybody's name as they're going in because it's on our helmets and our butts. <laughs> and then uh, third is um, 
knowing how far in they are by, you know, always keeping them in the grip on that hose and watching the coupler. And, you know, if, if you're at the first coupler, well, you know, they're going to beat it. Um, and then knowing if they're doing work because you can feel the hose moving as they're spraying water. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because, like, <clears throat> it wasn't that long ago when we started introducing you know, that door control person was the third man or fourth man, maybe, maybe you got a three man crew inside. <clears throat> and you're tasked with that door control. Everyone thought, oh, it's just an easy job. I'm just going to sit there and, you know, hold the door back and not pay attention. It's super important. That is a very important job. You need to have your hand on that hose, see when they're flowing water. Hey, if something's wrong, if that nozzle is constantly flowing water or they have not flowed water in a while and you're not hearing calms, like you, you got a lot of things to be watching for. And like you said, hey, they're only on that first 50 foot length and I've got 20 feet out. Well, now I know how far in they are. So it's, it's very, very important. Yeah. And I think it's key too to realize that when you're on that door, like you're also working, like you don't just sit there and be like, all right, well, I'm feeling the hose as it goes, goes by me. You're, you're in there pushing the hose. Like if they're going down a long hallway or if they go in eight feet and then have to make a hard left, well, they're not making that left easy. So there's nothing stopping you from making, you know, four or five feet inside. Sure. Yeah. Like you're not going to make a push with, with your team, but like you can go in there and help get that hose around the corner or at least help feed it in there. Right. Absolutely. P- push in five feet, feed the hose in 20 feet. Right. That's why when we talk about, remember like when we talk about our bump ups, I'm communicating, Hey, bumping up. Hey, I need 20 feet. Okay. Feed, feed, feed. Feed that hose in as the door guy, and then now you know they've got that extra slack, and they'll bump accordingly up and down the line as a team inside. Yeah, I was telling uh, one of the guys because he was like, "How do I know when they need more hose other than when they start pulling?" On it? I said, "Well, if you always have a like little, if you because if you can't see like because we had really thick smoke, I said if you can always see a little S, and like, you know you can always see a few feet in front of you. Um, if you can see a little S going into the room, they probably have enough. If the hose is shaped like an S, you have enough room. If it's shaped like an I." They'd probably stretch the hose. They're probably taking the hose. So S is good. I is bad. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And then also, like, if you're doing a long search or if you got people coming in and out, um, you know, it, it can be a little challenging to know exactly who you have inside. But I always fall fall back on, like, let me know who that lead is. So, like, if Scott's going in with a crew and Scott's got Firefighter 1, 2, and 3 with him, and then Firefighter 2 has to bump out and a fresh guy goes back in with with Scott. I care less as I see who exactly he has with him, as long as I know that he has a, like who he has like by the numbers. So if I ask for a par, interior team with three, check. Okay. Um, do I want to know? Absolutely. But if I'm asking that guy on the door and they can confirm that interior team still has three and Scott's still the lead, perfect. If they can tell me exactly who it is, that's kind of bonus points for me. But as long as I know that we have Scott as a lead um, and the number of people in there, we can generally break that down through our account- accountability board as well. Yeah, that's it. Like it, it, it's kind of one of those soft, unspoken rules. Like it's, it really helps with accountability. Like having that voice back. Like, hey, hey, yeah, no, it's, it's got, I got three in. Or maybe somebody bailed out at the last minute because their bell went off and they didn't tell their other teammate or something and they just turned around and kind of boarded. Then that guy would be like, hey, I see. We've got two now. This guy's up. Oh, okay. You can make that change and, and everything's accounted for, right? So it's uh, it's working as a team. It's that situational awareness and just being aware of what all the jobs and all the roles are. We're always looking out for each other. Yeah, that board is something that, you know, is super, super crucial. And I'd say it's definitely not one of our strong strong points. I was so pumped tonight. I got myself parked in a perfect spot. I had the old tailgate down, and I'm ready for my board, and then nothing. I'm like, ah, well, so much for that. But like, just getting in that mindset, because, you know, you, you would hate to have the event of something happening, but that's, you know, like that is your your number one way of knowing where your guys are, what, what your crew is doing, um, and, you know, using that for accountability. It's funny. I had all the tags. I had the little tags ready, ready to go. I had them all on my on the on the passport, and I was getting around to Ash when I got off the truck. As soon as I got off the truck, because we had a fairly green crew on the truck, so I had like three people ask me different questions, and I was like, "Oh yeah, do that, do that, do that." And then I saw you, and you were on the back side, so or on the truck side. And 
And then you and I had a quick discussion, like, we're on a ladder, we're going through the front door. Okay, so I went over, grabbed the ladder, and then I forgot all about the accountability board. <laughs> so, but I knew who I had, like, I knew the people I had, but I didn't hand you, I didn't give you the hand, the, the hand off of the accountability Yeah, so I mean, in an instant like that, all I did was I went back to the board, engine 101, boom, Scott, interior. So I, I had you guys set, like, I knew that you were the the leader of that, that team. So again, like, it comes back to what I was just 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 saying. In a perfect world, I would know who you have with you, but I knew the number of people that you had and what you guys were doing. And if we built it into a larger call, we probably would have figured that out. But because it was over so fast. What, one thing I, um, I've done before, because usually the, usually the driver, I mean, the driver is a senior guy. You don't, you're not a brand new guy driving a truck. So the driver usually kind of has some semblance of who is on the truck. Um, they usually look in the back too, see who's out there, or they've talked them through, you know, pulling hose for pulling for water. So they kind of have an idea who's there too. So maybe if the officer forgets something like an accountability uh, passport, um, the driver can, you know, give you, I see, yeah, it was uh, this guy, this guy, this, this guy on the truck. Captain's busy. Um, so they're almost like a secondary, like, like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're like you said earlier. They're like the safety guy. They're kind of like a safety guy for that truck. Yeah. So, like, um, do you guys run two passports in your truck? I can't remember. Yeah. So we have uh, we have two passports, um, uh, two tags. Each of each passport gets put on on the truck, and then uh, the officer takes the one out, and ideally that goes off to IC. Uh, but many times, guilty as charged. I've it's been velcroed on my jacket, and I forget to hand it off. Uh, you may have that moment face to face sometimes, and then it's like. Oh shit! It's on my coat still. Well, if that happens, that second set of tags is sitting on that truck still, so it can always be grabbed um, for that for that case. But also, like this fire that you're talking about, like it was, it was so minor. Like there was, you knew exactly where everybody was. It was one team. Other guys were doing outside stuff, uh, but it was over in minutes. So it was very very easily controlled. Yeah, I mean, realistically, that was that was a water can. <laughs> at the end of the day and then some venting but uh, yeah you know what I do really like the idea of the old twin as well um, but I was going to mention with that new engine of ours Rob uh, being the officer on the first call there he he found that he's like it was actually a challenge to like turn around and grab everybody's tags from the back just because it's it's so it, it's so spacious because what might almost be better is to have those tags mounted in the back so the firefighters load up the tag and then just as they are getting ready to hop out they pass the entire tag like the like the actual like board up to the officer so it's here's all of our our personal tags on it and you can go and do whatever you have to do with it now captain <laughs> rather than trying to grab individual out of the back you know you just have to worry about you and your your driver basically rather than the four in the back i've actually liked a lot lately with uh bob's man board because he's got all the tags on his man board too so um i could just go over and be like i had this guy this guy this guy this guy on my truck um and then it kind of it's almost like that dual role like you're talking about because then i usually have the passports either felt to my chest or they're on the truck i'm like they were right um so um on not on purpose but um but i i you i have I often went over to the chief and just said, yeah, uh, this guy, because it's pretty easy to remember four or five people's in. And then, uh, and then, then he knows, and then he has that board running himself. Yeah. So, um, in, on my engine for the longest time, we had, uh, uh, both tags kind of on the side of my nine one seat. So the guy that throw the tags on, they'd sit there and then same thing. I've got to turn around now with my pack on to grab the tags. And it was a pain in the ass. It was really hard to reach. And as we get older, shoulders don't bend as good to reach that. Um, so we actually moved them up to uh, just in front of me now. Uh, or other engine there, mid-mount, so it's easy to grab. But the guys just lean forward and throw it on. Uh, but the custom cab, you've got so much real estate, that dash, it's hard to reach. Um, so I think it's, I mean, in, in my current engine, they throw me the, their individual tags while we're driving. I just grab them from them and then I stick it on. It works for now for that truck, but as soon as we get a custom cab, yeah, we're going to have to figure out a different placement because it's not going to flow as nice. I mean, it's be able to use, like, there, there's got to be an app for, like, accountability. Like, just 
you know, take the old iPad clipper there clipper, is. and then it goes over the cheek and he's got right there. Like, sir, I mean, I don't know if I'm responding to that or there is an app that you're just saying. Yeah, so a few years back I was at a Chiefs convention and they had one and it's big fancy stuff and oh yeah, it's you know, if we had it was a full time department and they had a whole bunch of POCs and like yeah, so if guys come to the scene with their gear and if they don't have their tags, I uh, input their name and it prints out a tag and it's this and like it was all this crazy Jesus. fancy shit and everything reports back to a tablet and that's cool, man, but that's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> like sometimes it's simpler is better. Velcro, boom, done. Like, I don't know, it, it was a very neat system, but it was a lot of moving parts. Yeah, so it's yeah. Every every truck's a little different. I know other departments have um, have different styles and and different Velcro patches on the front of their helmets and multiple different styles for for passport accountability. Um, but yeah, I think. You nail it with that custom cap. You got a lot more real estate to cover for passing all that stuff. Um, any more on the oriented search, or should we uh, look at wrapping? I think that's pretty much it on that. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna throw out a couple of uh, pictures in the video of uh, a quick little sneak peek of the engine. And then once it's all fully stocked and rocking and rolling, uh, yeah, we'll get some some video content out to you guys. But uh, let's jump into some shout-outs there. Um, Ash, Modus. Yeah, Modus. Um, claim to fame is going to be the snagger. Um, hose handling, uh, coupling, smash glass, um, egress. Um, there's, yeah, 1001. Uh, check out their videos. Uh, check out some of ours on the social medias for that. But they got so much more. They're into their textiles. Uh, we've got the uh, radio strap we've been running like like crazy here we're gonna hand, hand that over to todd at the end of this this week and get you to get some hands on um uh they got the uh exlon gloves for auto x um their pouches their force entry gear their heavy hitter wedge uh their passive entry stuff uh for uh uh when you don't want to smash the door uh they got a ton of stuff now so check out everything on on their socials uh, if you like what you see, which you should, uh, use discount code TTFF5. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was trying to get your chief to break a window the other day on a call I was on. Uh, we had a motor vehicle incident. Uh, we needed to gain entry into the car. And um, uh, chief was like, I know some guys that can get into that car for you. He's like, I do too. <laughs> he calls for fire. Uh, anyways, we ended up getting in without breaking glass. But right away, I said, what? Where's your snagger? Where's your tool? Come on. But he was uh he wasn't in his vehicle at that time, so um all right, uh stop the bleed. Scott. Yeah, if it bleeds, uh we can stop it. It's not a predator thing. If it bleeds we can kill it. <laughs> Anyways, stop the bleed. Um if you're gonna use it uh sorry, the three methods are tourniquet, uh wound packing and uh direct pressure. Probably in the other order. Direct pressure first. <laughs> Unless they really get tourniquet that way. Going so fast. Do you pack the wound with a tourniquet? Oh, ah, yeah, like that uh, photo on uh, online. There. Yeah, no, big fail there. I'm not gonna lie, I actually saw that uh, in a we did a reality based sim, and um, the one officer was shot, and the other officer came up, and we had the wound packing like the um, yoga block in there, and the guy couldn't find his gauze, so he, I walk by, and I'm like, "There's a cat tourniquet shoved in the yoga block." I think that would work. I'm like, I don't think it would. <laughs> like, well, let's not try that. I'm like, are you naked right now? Is it? Like, well, no. Like, you have your whole body is full of wound packing material, <laughs> and you chose the thing that probably is the hardest thing to pack in a wound. Like, oh, do I can, like use my shirt? I'm like, yes, as I taught you, <laughs> you could use anything that's fabric. <laughs> Anyways, um, stopthebleed.org.com.com australia.ca <laughs> you can go to any of those um, depending on where you're from uh, take the test or take the, the courses for free and uh, go out and teach it absolutely and on that note actually my buddy uh miles randall uh uh owns and runs a uh, team aeromedical they were just at a conference here on the weekend and um one of the vendors there was um uh the 
manufacturer for SAM products, for SAM medical products. So the typical SAM splint, the SAM chest seals, you name it, to make tour- tourniquets, junctional tourniquets, all sorts of stuff. They have got a really cool tourniquet out there on the market that works really well. They're doing a couple of little races on application and the effectiveness of it. And they're going uh, toe-to-toe with the cat tourniquet. And it was actually faster application than the cat. So, um, anyways, I'm going to reach out to him and maybe have a little chin wag with them and maybe see if we can get some from the sand tourniquets to, to try out as well. So, uh, yeah, fantastic product. So. Sam medical devices. Um, Wolf Tree Coffee. Ash. Yeah, Wolf Tree Coffee, uh, based out of uh, Oliver, BC. Uh, they are uh, delivering in the South Okanagan or shipping worldwide, I believe. Um, they got a ton of blends, which is really sweet. Um, but they have one special one, which is near dear to us the initial attack blend. Um, it's a wicked medium dark dark roast coffee. Um, came up with it uh, with these these three gems here. Uh, came came up with the blend. Uh, did some sample blending and tasting, uh, and it is getting rave rave reviews. They're getting really good sales out of it. Uh, and the beauty of it is, with every uh, pound of coffee sold, uh, they donate two bucks to the Honor House uh, Society. So that's an honor house in the lower mainland and honor ranch up here in the interior. So, uh, awesome local company to support as well as, uh, that kickback to, uh, the honor house society, which is uh, super, super cool. So check them out. Uh, wolftreecoffee.com, I believe, um, play, place an order and they'll ship it to you. Yeah. Outstanding. All right. And if you like country music, Scott. That's Anna Rosen. Um, uh, country music out of the west coast of Canada. There are, um, I think, I turn around some for some fall fairs right now. Um, it's got lots of new music out. Check them out on Spotify. I'm not going to try to remember the names. Check them out on Spotify um, for all that, for all your needs, and check them out if he's in your area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, you have us. So check us out on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, TikTok and Instagram. Um, and also on our Facebook, you can find our link for uh, our shirt sales, our moose shirts or uh, DTFF moose shirts. Um, you can go to dtffstore.com and uh, place your order for those shirts. We'd love to get them out to you. We still have a bunch left. Um, yeah. Yeah, and definitely if you haven't had a chance, cruise over to our, our YouTube. Um, we've been getting a lot more views as of late. Uh, we're trying to put some more videos and such on there. Uh, that is where, where we're going to do uh, the truck tour. Uh, we're going to do that. Um, I know we just posted uh, the video of uh, Gabby and me racing to put on our gear. Uh, one of our followers is like, something tells me Ash is sandbagging. <laughs> I might not be the fastest guy, but that was not even half speed. <laughs> like I was going slow, and I mean that was shit. That video is a year or so old already. I think Gabby's probably doubled her her, her time now. So, um, but it was something you know really cool. I did one with Gabby. I did one with Seth, my son as well. Um, and Cass wants to get you guys to do it too. So, uh, watch for some more of those. It's pretty funny. We we put a bit of a challenge out. So, if you're listening, um, and you got a kid, drag him down to the hall. And, and see if they can be get, get near gear on. Uh, but yeah, uh, heading over to the YouTube. Um, we're right close to a threshold um, that'll just help push us out more. I don't know if it's like a blue checkbox or a fancy star or something, but we're uh, we're really close to hitting the threshold, which would be really cool for us. So appreciate the people that have been watching. And if you haven't been, check on over to YouTube and, and give us a, a bit of a watch there. Uh, all of our, our podcasts are actually on YouTube, if you haven't noticed already. So if you want to see the stupid faces that we make and everything else when we laugh at each other behind each other's back when we're saying something stupid. Um right. Or any right in their face, yeah. Yeah, go on over there and have a look. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Please check out the YouTube, uh, that'd be great. Uh, we're going to get some more content out to you as well. Uh, i got a few other ideas. I'm looking at one device right now, actually, on your desk. Um, yeah, we'd like to do a review on and maybe uh, see if we can get something going with that. That'd be cool. Um, and, yeah. Any more for any more. Ash. Thank you, and have a good night. Scott. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 
as always, stay safe, stay safe. Thank you.